Welcome to A Work of Grace, a podcast to encourage and uplift Christian women in everyday life like marriage, parenting, and godly womanhood. Last week we talked about reasons to not marry someone. If you listened to that podcast or read the blog post, you might be wondering what some qualities are to look for in a guy. Maybe you're wondering what it means to lead your family in godliness, or how does a husband lead? On today's episode, we will discuss the answers to those questions with nine distinctive qualities of godly leadership. Drawing from our own experiences and knowledge of scripture, Amy will help shed some light on the topics of good leadership. Here's your host, Amy Amber. Thank you, Sarah. These words came out of my husband's mouth. I'm going to do what I want, and I don't care what you think. Yep, those were the words. He spoke them during an argument early on in our marriage. And, you know, he'll be the first to tell you that he wasn't exactly Prince Charming back then. Really, we both were pretty much a hot mess. When we talk about those days, Marcus will bring the conversation right around to what the root of the problem was. He wasn't a believer. He was not leading his family in godliness. In fact, he was going in the opposite direction. His view of leading his family was worldly leadership, leadership that demands its own way. Thankfully, that all changed in 2004. Nevertheless, here are nine distinctive qualities of godly leadership that my husband has displayed in our marriage and family. You know that thing I said my husband said several years ago? Well, he wouldn't fathom saying such a thing now. Why? because he's grown into a godly husband. He has come to a strong understanding of what it means to lead his family in godliness. And guess what the fruit of that is? A wife who joyfully submits to her husband. Oh yes, I know, scripture doesn't say for us wives to submit just when we feel like it or when it's easy. But when your husband displays godly leadership for his family, it sure makes the submission thing a whole lot more enjoyable and easy. But let's get down to those godly characteristics of leadership. The first one, a caring heart. A husband who is striving for godly leadership will have a heart to care for his wife. He will ensure she has what she needs in order to nurture the family. Some practical ideas are a hot bath with candles, soft music, and quiet. An afternoon of reading, even if it's fiction. Making her favorite meal. Now, my husband is the chef in our home, so that one's pretty easy. (laughs) He uh, makes a lot of my favorite meals. Write a letter showing how much she is appreciated. Ask her how you can help her around the house or whatever, whatever tasks. Those are some really great ways, especially that last one, asking her how you can help. Now, these ideas aren't going to work for everyone. Not everybody enjoys a hot bath. Not everybody wants to sit uh, for an afternoon and read a book. Part of of this idea, part of caring for the heart of your wife is knowing your wife's heart. You have to know it. And ladies, let's not make this a guessing game for them. We need to be telling our guys what what we need, what we want. Okay, so caring for your wife's heart is godly leadership. The other part is protector. A godly husband will protect his wife all the time, period. Marcus has had to come to my defense many times. 
when others were being cruel and hurtful, yelling at me and demeaning and humiliating me. He has had to intervene. He's had to stand his ground and set firm boundaries. While this did not change anyone's behavior, it strengthened my trust in him and made our marriage rock solid. It helped us become one. It helped us to unify. So, guys, protect your lady, no matter who it is that is hurting her, even if it's close family members. Especially if it's close family members. If she feels vulnerable, powerless, and unsafe, then step in and put an end to it. That is godly leadership. The next is a sacrifice. Godly leadership is sacrificial. It's not about all about him. It's not all about her. I'm not in my marriage to meet my own needs. And he isn't in it for himself either. We are in it together to build each other up. And that means sacrificing our wants in order to meet each other's needs and to glorify God. That is godly leadership. The next one is accountable to God. He understands that he is accountable to God for how he treats his wife. He is accountable for the health of his marriage. Our husbands will stand before God one day and give an account of how they led their family in godliness. That's not something to take lightly, that's for sure. But that is godly leadership. A humble attitude. My husband is incredibly humble. If you remember at the beginning of this podcast, you would know that he wasn't always very humble. What a difference having Jesus as Lord over his life has made. And that's the key right there, ladies. Jesus is Lord. This goes beyond believing. Humbleness also means acknowledging when they are wrong and apologize for it properly. And, and proper apologies, it's not, well, I'm sorry if that you felt hurt or I'm sorry if I ever hurt you. It's not like that. You have to own exactly what you've done wrong and apologize for it. Understand the, the ramifications of it, the damage that's been done. So apologize properly when you admit that you're wrong. It also means listening to um, the, the heart of the wife and not ignoring thoughts and opinions. It means knowing that, you know what? I also have something to say. I have something valuable to say. That is godly leadership, being humble. Her spiritual health. Boy, I've had my fair share of spiritual struggles. I thought I was losing my faith. I worked through childhood sexual abuse. Then there's broken relationships. And these were very painful events in my life. And I know they, are, they were just as painful for Marcus because of his love for me. Thankfully, he didn't just sit back, believing he was helpless, or my well-being was entirely up to me to fix. He jumped in and pointed me to Christ all the time. A husband can and should take an active, caring interest in his wife's spiritual health. This also means strong support of her ministry and also knowing when it's enough. I had a lot going on this a couple of years ago in the fall. and I mentioned to Marcus one night about my desire to lead a Bible study. I already knew what his response was going to be before I even mentioned it. It was no. Not because he isn't supportive, because he is. He supported me in my role uh, as director of women's ministries, and he uh, supports and encourages me in my blog ministry. He supported me when I started this to podcast, and you know, I have his full support in my career as a teacher, but he knew with everything going on that fall, adding a Bible study, although a good thing, would be too much. And yes, 
I will submit to him joyfully. So that is godly leadership. You know, taking care of my spiritual health with me. And then there's just leave and cleave. Godly leadership has a lot to do with leaving and cleaving. Oh my, how many marriages have been have had so much strife because one spouse has not left his or her parents to cleave to his or her spouse. I know firsthand the many problems this causes. It will tear a marriage apart. It really will. Firstly, the husband is ultimately responsible for ensuring this happens. Marcus has had many discussions with me regarding my failure to leave and cleave. It was not fair to him. It also was not right for me to not leave and cleave. In my kind of defense, leaving and cleaving was not made easy for me by my parents. It took a lot of courage and a lot of backlash for me to leave and cleave. But I can tell you it was so, so worth it. Now, if hubby isn't leaving and cleaving, oh boy, that spells T-R-O-U-B-L-E, trouble. Men, it's time to cut those apron strings and hold fast to your wife. You won't be sorry you did, believe me. Yes, mummy dearest might make life miserable for you, but you aren't supposed to be one with her, are you? And you will have to give an account to God on how you left your parents and how you are cleaving to your wife. How do you want that to go? Secondly, leaving and cleaving strengthens a marriage. It unites husband and wife. It makes us one. We can't be one when parents are overly involved. They just get in the way. They get in the way of uh, the marriage between the two people, and they get in the way of God and his work. Lastly, I am confident that parents who make leaving and cleaving for their children difficult will indeed stand before God and be held responsible for their behavior. Don't make this hard for your kids. The transition isn't easy, I know, I get it. But being partly responsible for a troubled marriage is a whole lot more difficult to answer for. If this is a problem in your marriage, I encourage you to deal with this swiftly. You will find that things do start to get better in your marriage when the third wheel is out of the way. It might not be better with your parents, like you might not have the best relationship, but that's okay. Maybe they need to learn to cleave to each other as well and to cleave to Jesus. Leaving and cleaving is godly leadership. Feed the sheep. One of the other big areas of godly leadership is ensuring the family is being fed spiritually. So I'm not talking about three square meals a day, although that is important that a husband provides adequately for his family in that department. But I'm talking about spiritual nourishment. This might mean making drastic decisions. I'll give you an example. I'm not one to speak ill of other churches. I don't like doing that at all. However, I know that not one single church will meet the needs of everyone. But one church we attended was not a good fit for our children as they got older. Some of the girls were, well, just nasty. There was a lot of hurt and rejection. Our kids didn't really have any friends there. So we made the decision to sell our home and move to a larger city. Our town was small and the church choices were very limited. Mind you, this was not the only reason we sold and moved. There were many factors that played in, played a part in that big decision. One of them was we wanted to make sure our kids were being fed, cared for, and 
while they had the opportunity to make strong, godly friendships. After we moved and got settled, we started attending a new church. The difference was incredible. My daughter, who struggled the most at her previous church, quickly made new friends. Our younger two kids took a bit more time to make friends, but they love going to our new church, and they've also made some new friends. This was a very wise and prudent decision my husband and I made, but it was mostly my husband who took, uh, who took the lead on this. For the spiritual well-being of our children and for us, we moved. We were being fed truth through church services, youth group, Sunday school, our life group, and more. So that is godly leadership making sure that your family is fed spiritually. The power of association. One final aspect of godly leadership I want to address is ensuring the family is watching, reading, and listening to edifying works. Now, don't get me wrong. We aren't one of those family who shut out the world, okay? Um, we don't live in a bubble. We love technology. We love watching movies together. But we are careful with what enters our home and our hearts. We have a lot of good discussions with our kids. Though the world can't be avoided, but we can teach our kids how to turn away and be wise in what they in what or who they allow to influence them. For example, our oldest was drawn to a secular song that was popular. So yes, we do allow some secular music, a lot of 80s music, because it's really good, but 90% of the music we listen to is Christian. She decided to look up the lyrics and realized that that song that she liked contained the F word. And so she felt quite disappointed, and she asked me if it was still okay for her to listen to. She was really struggling with this problem. So I suggested she go and talk to her dad about the issue. I'm, I'm so thankful that, that he's able to handle such things. And I'm thankful he didn't give her a brick wall response of, no, and you better obey me. He, you know, that's just not his character. Instead, he asked her some questions to help her come to a conclusion. Questions like, now that you know the song contains the word, do you think you will actually hear it in the song now? She said, yeah, I probably will. Okay, well, what do you think will likely happen if you justify this song in word? Her response was, it will stop bothering me when I hear it. It won't be such a big deal anymore. Well, is that what you want? Is that spiritually healthy for your heart? No. Is a song that will soon fade away worth what you will lose by accepting it? No. How is listening to the song while knowing it is, has a bad word in it glorify God? It doesn't. So what do you think you should do then? not listen to it. While it was disappointing for her at first, she understood the possible consequences of choosing to continue listening to that song. You see, her dad didn't just make this decision for her. He led her into making a wise choice. And that, that little story, that happened quite a while ago, and she actually brought it up uh, a few months back and uh, said, oh, that, that, I kind of forgot about that song because it's not even popular anymore. And I'm so glad that I just stop listening to it. So leading your family in those areas is godly leadership. So this also applies to the people that we associate with on a regular basis. You know, my husband has had to advise me to lessen my interactions with people who are negative, 
who exhibit ungodly behavior and people who offer unhealthy, who are just, it's just an unhealthy relationship. Godly leadership encourages healthy relationships and edifying media choices. So what would you add to this list? And how does your husband display godly leadership? How do you pray for him in this area? If you've enjoyed this podcast, you will love my Bible study on marriage. And it's, um, it's about the Proverbs 31 woman. And it's not your typical stay up all night, get up early in the morning to do housework study. It gets really deep into some word studies. And it's really good. So uh, I'll post the link in the comments here underneath the podcast so you can check it out. Thanks for listening to this podcast, Nine Distinctive Qualities of Godly Leadership. You can read the blog post of this podcast at amyimbo.com. So just click the link below this podcast if you're listening in Podbean. You can also find me on various social media using the links on my website. If you haven't listened to this podcast with your husband, you might want to consider doing so. It will certainly give you a lot to chat about. Next week, we'll talk about what it means for a husband to love his wife. That's when I'll share my story of when my husband said these words to me. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And I can't wait to share with you what what we have learned since that day. Thanks for joining us this week on A Work of Grace. Make sure to visit our website, amyimbo.com, or A Work of Grace. You can subscribe to this podcast on Podbean or download from either Podbean or iTunes. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, We'd appreciate you sharing it on social media. Just click share below the podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. In the meantime, remember, you are rescued, redeemed, restored.